Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online, internet, around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you are here today. God's Word is going to build you up to empower you to do what He has called you to do and to transform you into the mature image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Now, let's take our Bibles today and go to Psalm 126. Let's take a look at verse 1. We're going to receive the tithes and the offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. Verse 1, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Now, this is a, a, a very fascinating psalm, a very fascinating uh, statement Scholars debate actually who wrote this psalm, and they're pretty confident of the setting that this is referring to, although it doesn't necessarily say it's connected to a, a certain setting, although we'll talk about that in just a minute. But you can apply this setting to your life anytime there is a fresh coming back to the Lord. And that's what's beautiful about this psalm. Again, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, Zion, the people of God, sometimes the people of God can get themselves into various forms of captivity, just like the Israelites of old did. But when there is the coming out, oh, praise God, it is beautiful how the Lord begins to move in fresh ways in the lives of those who are coming back to a close walk with God. Now, historically, many rabbis and teachers say that most likely this psalm is a reference to the amazing decree, really miraculous decree that King Cyrus made. By the way, he was the Medio-Persian uh, ruler, and he made a decree freeing the Jews from Babylon. You can go back. Now here's the catch. Not only are you free, you can leave, but he is underwriting the entire adventure. He's sponsoring it. He's financially supporting it. He's all in it. And he has uh, his full blessing upon it. And he knows Cyrus knows that God is working in his life to be a blessing to his people. Matter of fact, the Jewish historian Josephus said that there is a writing that, uh, that the ancient rabbis knew about that stated that Cyrus gave all the credit and the honor to the Lord because he knew that the Lord had raised him up for this purpose. And Cyrus also knew that he was called out by the prophets of old hundreds of years before he was ever born, and that it was foretold that he would be the king that would do this. Now, you could read about that in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is one of those prophets who actually called Cyrus by name a long time before he was ever born. Fascinating. Well, if this is the context, and it most likely is, although you can apply it to any prophetic setting in your life. But with this context, that means after having been in captivity for two or three generations, we know at least 70 years, they're finally 
they're finally going back to the land that they are supposed to be living in, the land of blessing. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. And there's something about the freedom and the, the, the joy, uh, knowing that even when you get back to Jerusalem, yes, there's going to be a lot of work to do, but, but that's okay. The thing is, is that you're free, provision is flowing, favor is flowing, blessing is flowing, everything is finally working the way it's supposed to. I tell you what, for them, or for anybody in this similar situation, it's like your life enters into like a dream world type phase. Praise God. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. And this is very important. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Now this is fascinating. Pastor Stephen, how can I see the fullness or know that the fullness of this redemptive work of Christ is really working in my life? When others see your life, not yourself, but when others, yes, you can praise the Lord for what he's doing, but when others see it, and remember, we're talking about those outside of the body of Christ, and they're, they're non-spiritual. In other words, they are, they're only moved by the five physical senses, what they can see, hear, taste, touch, or smell. They're governed by this world system and this world's natural senses. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but when they see it, and remember, they can't sense it. They're physically related. They have to see it. When they see God moving in your life, and they start saying, look, God is doing great things in her life or in his life. Look what God is doing in their life. When you see that, you know God's hand is upon your life in a very, very special way. But notice what is said. The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Now, it mentions here, and this really stood out to me, great things. Certainly not bad things. That, that wouldn't be included here. But it's also not what we would call good things type little things, but rather it's great things. So stop and think about it for a moment. What would it take for God to do by moving in your life where people around you or that people that would see you and observe you would begin to say, God is moving in that person's life. Even sinners outside of the church would say, God is doing great things because that's what the Gentiles were doing concerning God's people, Israel, as they're now going back to Jerusalem. Fascinating. Wow. I believe that we need to open our hearts with an expectancy to receive great things. Watch this. Not just a great thing, but great things. It's plural. It has the S on the end. You know, so many of you that are watching, you participated in the special pure gold Passover offering. Many of you are, uh, you've, you released your faith and you've made a faith pledge. Many of you are sowing the $77.77 a month. And others, you're sowing the, the 
and 77 cents a month. And all of that goes towards the pure gold television program, airtime, production cost, everything involved with pushing the message of God's word around the world. And I just want you to know that the Lord is going to do something special. And you really are going to see the enlargement of your field. Praise God. And my friends, as we honor the Lord with our finances, there is, there is the dream realm that God wants to take us into. Now, let me say this. The covenant of giving is not a sneaky method that I use or some other ministers are trying to use to get money out of your pocket and somehow move it over into the ministry. That's not what the covenant of giving is about. This is not about schemes and human uh, uh, methods of maneuvering and clever ways of thinking of how to get money out of your pocket. But the covenant of giving is God's kingdom method of securing your destiny. I want to say that again. The covenant of giving is God's kingdom method of securing your destiny and bringing you to a place where others say God is doing great things for you. And that's what God wants you to experience in your life. And he knows for in order for you to come into that, we must be involved in the kingdom principles and the practices of giving and receiving praise God. I want to say thank you to everyone that supports this ministry and our television program and the projects that this ministry is engaged in. I believe that God is going to allow you to begin to come into your dream world that he has planned for you. We were like those who dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. Praise God. My friends, get ready. Get ready to hear what others will say. Yes, we can proclaim the goodness of the Lord, but when the sinners are even saying, God, God is doing something amongst those people. Wow. Wow. I tell you what, watch it. It's going to happen. And I believe for many of you, many of you, please receive this. This is your year of stepping into this. Praise God. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people, blessing, laughter, joy, dream fulfillment upon their lives, and very, very importantly, destiny fulfillment. Father, those that are watching today, everybody watching, you have given them a life assignment. They're not here on this earth just to take up room, breathe air, and uh, to uh, work through life, and uh, as the world says, live and then just die. No, Father God, you have given your people a destiny and an assignment, things that you are trusting them to accomplish. So I thank you, Father God, there will be dream fulfillment, and there will be destiny fulfillment over their lives. Father, bless the seeds of your people. Bring their beautiful harvest into their lives. I thank you, Father God, for the tithers, because without the tithers, there would be no churches. I thank you, Father, for the tithers and the givers. Bless your people. Now, Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo and amen. Praise God. 
Praise God. I see captivity turning right now. Praise God. You're going free in the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, those of you that are mailing in your tithes and your offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28654. Now, if you would like to mail, excuse me, not mail, but go online and bring in your tithes and offerings, you can do so from anywhere in the world, anytime, day or night. Please visit our ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that has a red heart and it says give, and you can click that and there you can bring the tithe into the storehouse of the Lord so that the ministry might continue to do the great works that God has called us to do. Now we also have an orange banner that says projects. And if you would like to click on that and be a part of what God has called us to do, you'll see that link there as well. That's a great link for special offerings. Praise God. And there's three primary projects that we're focused on at this time. Praise God. Thank you for your love and support and prayers for this ministry. Praise God. Now let's take our Bibles today and go over to the gospel of Luke chapter one, Luke chapter one. Today we're going to be talking about something very important, extremely important. Uh, it's a fun subject, but it's also something that while we can become familiar with actually experiencing it can be a little more elusive. Today we're talking further about hearing the voice of God, a subject we have covered from different angles before, and let's come in today at some other angles and prepare our hearts to hear the voice of God. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word to study the subject of your voice and how you speak and talk, Father, we just thank you for an opening of the ears. We thank you, Father God, for the cleaning out of any spiritual debris, Father, that could cause blockage of various types. We thank you, Father God, that we are in a world where we have the protection of your Holy Spirit. But Father, it's very easy for us to come out from underneath that, under, uh, that umbrella and to have various forms of dirty stuff tried to clog up our ability to hear. So Father, let there be an opening today. Let there be a cleaning out today. And we thank you, Father, for a clarity of hearing your voice. In Jesus' name, we all agree and say, Amen. You know, one time I was at uh, a large minister's conference in California, Southern California. And, uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of ministers there. And one evangelist came up and he began to talk to me after the conclusion of one of the sessions. And he was talking to me and he was just kind of like uh, catching up, you know, just kind of talking, having kind of like fun talk. And suddenly God started talking to me. And while he's just kind of talking and I'm kind of like looking at him, I, I'm not really uh, paying attention to him. Not that he's not saying anything wrong or anything. It's just that suddenly I'm hearing from headquarters and God is telling me that I, I need to go over and speak to the conference host uh, a specific prophetic word that God wants me to give to him. 
And so I'm just waiting for this uh, friend of mine to finish talking. He just kept going on and on. And uh, I finally said, my brother, I said, excuse me, I'll be back in a few minutes. I need to go over here. The Lord is speaking to me to share something. He said, yes, Pastor Stephen, by all means. My friends, we have to be willing to allow God to break in on anything. Oh, let's give God preeminence. Sometimes people seem uh, within the church seem to take great pride in being able to uh, even quote word for word what the devil spoke to, de uh, to them. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I had a horrible dream last night, and this is what the devil said. And they can quote it back, the whole thing. It's like they have a, like suddenly they develop the photographic memory. <laughs> oh, my. But you know what? We need to give heed to God's word, to God's voice, and Yes, uh, it is possible sometimes for the enemy to be able to make certain statements. Uh, we see that in the temptation that Jesus went through when he was in the wilderness, when the devil came and tempted him in these various areas. And it's not like Jesus could, you know, just take his, uh, his, uh, the, his robe and say, no, I'm not listening to you. No. Well, no, the devil had permission to launch those various temptations and the Lord stood there and of course resisted. So there can be times where something comes through. And when that happens, we know what to do with the devil's voice. We just say, uh, no, Mr. Devil, uh, we're not going to participate in that. Now, let me say this also concerning the devil and even demons. While you walk in your authority and know the authority you have in Christ. Uh, you don't have to slander the devil. You don't have to start cursing the devil and calling him all kinds of bad names or try to, you know, put him down. Uh, you don't have to do that. Uh, just say no. Okay. Don't engage him in those types of things where you name calling and stuff like that. Just say no in Jesus name and move on about your business. And that's a good way to deal with that. I know some Christians have uh, tried it to, in, uh, I know one Christian tried to insult a demon one time that was manifesting in a person. And the Christian said, come out, you stupid demon. And the demon said, I would appreciate it if you would not call me stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't need to get into those types of things. Just say no, stay in your place in Christ and move forward. Praise God. But today we're talking about uh, hearing having the hearing ear to hear the voice of the Lord. Praise God. Luke chapter one. Let's turn over there. Now, as we're going to Luke chapter one, uh, this is the prophetic utterance that Elizabeth made over Mary. Let's take a look at it. Uh, what the, the closing st uh, statement of this prophecy, verse 45, blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord, which were told her from the Lord. Now again, blessed is she who believes. Every promise in the Bible works by faith. Now that's basic ABC. We understand that. In other words, the blessings of God can only be enjoyed if we believe them. So you have to believe them or they can just sit there on the table and you're not going to be able to access them without faith. 
Praise God. That's how you take things in the kingdom of God. You use your faith. You appropriate it. You exercise it. Basically, you just use it. So the blessings of God can only be enjoyed if we believe them. Somebody might say, I don't believe in divine healing. I don't argue. Um, if they don't want to receive it, and it's not a matter of them uh, you know, not wanting to know if, if they just are like, Hey, I, I, whatever the truth is, I don't care. I don't believe in it. Then that's where they're at. And if that's the case, they can't enjoy it. So, but we can, we can praise God. Now the things which were told her, this is very important, not things that were told to someone else. Wow. Things that were told her, she believed. Now, I don't know what the angel told somebody else. I am not responsible for having to believe that and to carry that out. The individual is, and this will come down to you also when the word of the Lord comes to you, when you hear the voice of the Lord. Now, in this case, it was brought through a messenger angel and the angel speaking on behalf of the Lord, the message that God has given him to deliver. So that's up to the individual to receive and believe that message. Now we all know that of course, Mary did. When you hear God's voice, you encounter his power and you'll also pick up that element of majesty that's always present when the true voice of God has spoken. There's always majesty in it. And we see this, of course, in Scripture. And let's take a look at this. This would be back in the book of Psalms. Psalm 29. Let's turn over there today. Psalm 29. And in verse 4. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. So, of course, when you hear it, it's going to cause faith just to explode on the inside of you. Wow. And you can be in a place where you may be struggling. You, you may not be in unbelief, but you may be like, Lord, I really need some help in this situation. I really need a word. I tell you when that word comes, it is so powerful in its working. Praise God. Now, it is the voice of someone who is able to make one statement. This is what God's voice can do. It is the voice of someone who is able to make one statement to you and move you from these positions, such as from failure to a place of success, or in situations uh, from a place of losing to winning. Look, nobody wants to be the devil's punching bag. I know I'm talking to somebody right now. Nobody wants to be the devil's punching bag. And I'm telling you, you don't have to be. Neither does your mind. I'm not talking about the devil hitting you physically. Now, he, he could try to do that through, uh, uh, you know, various types of things. But mainly, he tries to hit you mentally. And your mind, there is a protection. And the word of the Lord is very vital in this as well. Praise God. So it can move you from losing to winning. And that's one of the greatest blessings of the word of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. The devil is not winning anymore. He is pushed out and he would like to do some things, but he can't. And just like Job, Job had a fence, a covenant of protection around his life. And the devil spoke to God and said, you have put a fence around him. I can't touch him. That means he wanted to, but he couldn't. Wow. Praise the Lord. So we are walking in the place of divine protection. Our ears are open to the voice of the Lord. Now let's talk just for a moment about Saul before he was converted to Paul and then who goes on to become the famous apostle. Paul of course was a very religious man and he heard God's word taught daily as he was growing up because he was raised with the great teachers, even the great teacher uh, Gamaliel himself. But one day everything changed in Saul's life when he heard the voice of God for the first time and it completely altered his life. Let's take a look at that moment that took place with him in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 22. Get ready. Some of you are going to hear the voice of the Lord. You will recognize that it's powerful. You will recognize that it's majestic. You will recognize that it's liberating. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And of course, God's voice is far too powerful to be ignored. Now, as we're about to look at a moment in the life of Saul, remember that we saw in Psalm 29, uh, verse 5, that the voice of God can break the cedars. Now, we know that in the Old Testament, trees were often representative of people. And a cedar tree can be representative of a very proud, strong person. But watch what happens when the voice of God speaks to Saul and watch how it breaks him just like that. It breaks him. That proud man who was on a manhunt to capture Christians and take them back and in some cases torture them and in some cases killed them because of their Christian faith. Watch what happens when he encounters the voice of the Lord. I'm telling you, there are those that are watching today. You're going to hear the voice of the Lord and it will end the trouble that you are permanently, or excuse me, not permanently because nothing is permanent with when God comes on the scene, it will end the trouble that you are presently facing right now. It will end it immediately. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now we are in Acts 22. Let's go to verse six. Now what happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus at about noon, suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, who are you Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. Praise the Lord. Great faith. 
great faith and great faith accomplishments have their source in the Word of God and the voice of God, which are one. Praise God. The voice of God is the voice behind the Bible. Yes, it was written by men who heard what the Holy Spirit was telling them to write. Mm-mm. So the voice of God is the voice behind the Bible. Praise the Lord. Those with Saul saw the light, but only Saul heard the voice. It's a little bit like what can happen in our meetings today, or even messages that would be taught over the internet or wherever they may be taught at Christians. Christians can hear the preacher. They can hear the message, but they're not really hearing it. You know, you see discerning of spirits operating so often in the ministry of Jesus when he would minister where he would know their thoughts. He would actually know what the Pharisees were thinking, the religious leaders, Sadducees, and so forth. He would know their thoughts. And that is because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I can be preaching in meetings. It's a little different over the internet and over TV, although it's, I can still sense it. But in, in real life meetings where you have people all together and you know, you're grouped together, uh, the, 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 the level of sensitivity goes all the way up. And you can sense when you say something and people receive it. And you can sense when you say something, it goes about four feet and falls straight to the floor. Wow. Why? There's some kind of blockage. There's some kind of blockage. And for whatever reason, the people can't receive it. Well, what do you do? Do you try to pound it through? No, the best way to do is to recognize what's blocking it, which is usually a wrong way of thinking and dismantle those wrong concepts. And once they're dismantled, then you can reteach it. Then you can bring the truth in. And then they're like, Oh, now I see it. Woo. Glory to God. There are so many religious man-made traditions that are not biblical. It's just stuff that men have added on over the centuries that it hinders people from coming in to many of the blessings that Jesus wants his people to experience. There are some settings where the bondage is so thick. There are certain topics. Uh, it's just best. We don't go there because if you go there, you're going to lose about 90% of the people. So, that's why preferably you want to be in environments where there is an openness to what is being shared, your ministry, your style of ministry. In the ministry, we call it go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Go where you're celebrated. You're going to have more results, better results there. Even Jesus did not do well in Nazareth. Oh, these things are very, very important. Even in large meetings, did you know that? When Billy Graham used to minister, before he would even go to the city, there is already a lead team that not only has gone ahead of him, they have moved to that city two years before he ever shows up. You have his lead organizer, 
He goes there. He takes his whole family. They move to that city. Then there's the support team. And they begin working with all the pastors in the city. Why? Dr. Billy Graham wanted at least 30 to 50,000 people already committed to coming that are saved Christians to be going and committed to going to that stadium event so that it's not just all filled up with unbelievers. Wow. I, I have an apostle friend. I know very, very well. He, he decided to do a meeting one time in Hawaii and previously he had some really good meetings on a smaller level and you know, like 500, a thousand and so forth. So he decided to rent a stadium and he did. He rented the stadium and brought some of his uh, team with him. Uh, uh, he lived in one of the estates. He didn't live on the, uh, on the state of uh, Hawaii. He lived on the mainland. So he took some of his people with him, went back over to Hawaii to do this meeting. And uh, it's a big stadium event. And uh, he promoted it on uh, television and so forth. And it, it caused a really uh, big turnout. Uh, the stadium was almost completely filled. Are you ready with this? It was almost completely filled with all unbelievers who were angry at his message, his message of, cause he really railed against a certain thing and that's pretty much who showed up. And so when he would stand up and preach in this meeting and say, this is wrong. And everybody would say, yeah, it's wrong. And we like it. <laughs> and suddenly he realized there was like a tide that was against him and he had to really dig in and uh, really pull up a deeper level of anointing to deal with that because it got really dicey there for a little bit. But eventually the Holy Spirit began to help him and begin to get that thing turned where it began to push back on that. And there were some salvations, but of course it wasn't what we would call a breakthrough meeting or a really good meeting because uh, he's going uphill before, uh, you know, the moment he steps up to the mic, he's already having to really, really work uphill. Now, sometimes in developing, particularly for, uh, ministers, it can be good when you have to do that on small scale levels because you learn to stand and you learn that oftentimes the reason the message is not received is because it's misunderstood. But when you're preaching the truth, you have to learn to stand with conviction in that area because that's what's causing that persecution. So you learn to stand in that and that develops strength and stamina. And of course, so often we see the word prevail in these situations and eventually you'll see people saved or if it's a certain message, you'll see it eventually get traction and breakthrough into the hearts of the people. Praise God. Mm -mm. But my friends, these things are very, very important to understand. We'd have to hear what is being spoken. You can hear it. Say, so, yeah, I, I heard that. I remember what he said, but did you understand what is actually being said? It's fascinating. You know, I look back over the, the years where I've had various supernatural encounters with the Lord. When I was younger in the Lord and I had various supernatural type encounters, like say like an, uh, an angelic visitation where a, an angel would bring me a message from heaven. I would be all excited when I was younger in the Lord. I would be all excited that I had an angelic visitation. I was more excited about the visitation than what the message was. Then you know, when I grew more in the Lord, 
I kind of had to loop back and really think, now, wait a minute. What did that angel actually say to me? Oh, wow. That was something I really need to take to heart. And these are things where we have to hear. We have to really hear what the Lord is saying so that we can catch the fullness of what he wants us to experience. It's very, very important. So there are many things, of course, even about the Bible that we can know, you know, it's in a sense, it's a book, it's ink on paper, but we have to know the Lord. We have to know his voice who is the author of this book. Praise God. Now faith, of course, we know comes by hearing. I like to say it like this. Faith comes through hearing God talk to you. It's not just hearing God talk, although of course that's very, very big, but if we want to refine it, faith comes through hearing God talk to you personally on a one-on-one basis. Praise the Lord. Now, here's the amazing thing about hearing the voice of the Lord personally one-on-one. Once you hear the voice of God, obstacles immediately become miracles. Mm-mm. Obstacles immediately become miracles. I think about the Catholic man uh, several decades back who was in a hospital just about to die. And the priest came in and gave the last rites because there's no way he's going to live. The doctor said, we've done all we can. This is terminal. You've only got a few hours left. The priest came in, gave the last rites. The priest left. Uh, the nurse stepped out to do a few things. The man's laying in there, uh, you know, just about dead. And he said another priest came in wearing white garments. And the priest said to him, get up, you're healed. Go into the bathroom, shave, get dressed, go home, be with your family. And it was Jesus Christ. Well, he got up, got up off the bed strength begins to surge into his body, goes in there and starts shaving. And the nurse came in and saw him shaving. And she said, get back in the bed. You're dying. She said, the the priest pronounced last rites. He said, honey, another priest has come in. He's made a different uh, announcement, pronouncement over my life. (laughs) And before she could gather up all the doctors to come in there and kind of, you know, get the situation under control, he got dressed and got out of there. Mm -mm. Now, here's the amazing thing that that word, that voice of the Lord altered his situation. It, it, It completely removed the obstacle. And, you know, he also said this man also said, and by the way, this statement that this man said that the Lord told him was so powerful that the evangelist. R.W. Schambach took this statement and made it his ministry theme when he heard the story. This man said that while he was laying in the bed, just before the Lord told him to get up and go shave and get dressed and get out of here, uh, the Lord said, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. Isn't that amazing? You don't have any trouble. And the man's thinking, I've got, I've got all kinds of trouble. I'm about dead. I have an incurable disease. The Lord said, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. Get up, go shave, get dressed, go home, be with your family. Woo. 
Praise the Lord. And he did. He believed the voice of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. What happens again, the moment you hear it and he speaks obstacle, obstacles, barriers, impossibilities immediately turn into miracles. Praise God. Get ready. Get ready to hear the voice of the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is what's so amazing about it. An example for, uh, that I think about that we could look at Exodus chapter three, verse 10, where God told Moses, come now, therefore I will send you to Pharaoh. Well, now think about that. The last time Moses had any dealing with Egypt or Pharaoh, he ran away. He ran away. But yet after having that horribly bad experience of running away and you know, in that, that memory of, well, that's how I left. It wasn't good. I guess I'll never go back there again. Well, after having run away one word, one, the, the voice speaking suddenly the next thing, you know, he's ready to go back. He is ready to go back and he does. That's the same Moses who ran away from Egypt. Now he is ready to go back to Egypt. That is what the voice of the Lord can do. And God's going to speak to you. Praise the Lord. God told Noah, build an ark. Noah heard from God. So because of that, he didn't have any problem believing. He just went out, started building and he got it done. Praise the Lord. Now, let me clarify this just a little bit. When I say that you're going to hear the voice of the Lord, I'm not referring to some strange, mystical, ethereal voice that kind of just floats around and you don't know who's doing the talking. No, I'm talking about the voice again behind the Bible. I'm talking about God speaking, not some silly spirit, not some kind of a goofy situation. We, we know the test, the spirits. If you need to test the spirit, just in case you're not sure, just say, just ask the voice. Did Jesus Christ come in the flesh? If it's a demon or an evil, you know, some form of an evil spirit, they will say no. But when it's authentic, the answer will always be in the affirmative. Praise God. Now, faith determines where our finish line will be at, what we're going to receive as the end result with God. The destination that we reach is according to our faith. So let's position ourselves to hear the voice of the Lord so that our faith is immediately supercharged and we can move forward even with, an, um, with impossible assignments because that voice, that voice sends that shockwave ahead of you to break through any barrier. And you just, you just go with it. Woo! Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. It's the ultimate power. It's God's power unleashed in your life. I'm telling you, God is going to speak to you. Now, I want to give a few keys of how you can position yourself to hear God's voice in this very special way. But let, let me say this. First of all, while 
many of us have had very solid teaching concerning guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And of course, that the primary way that God leads all of his children, not the sinners, they're not led by God, but the way that God leads all of his children is through primarily the inward witness of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. But what has happened is that the modern church has become very comfortable with established teaching and has made anything supernatural or anything beyond what, you know, is like, don't rock the boat type doctrine. They've made anything else. Oh, that's just ultimate rare that God would ever speak. I'm here to say, not really, not really. I have heard the Lord speak many times to me. Now, when I say many, I'm not talking about thousands. I'm talking when I've heard the voice, when God has supernaturally directed me to do something, I've heard it multiple, multiple, multiple times, all very weighty, all very special. I wouldn't say hundreds, but I wouldn't say three, four or five times by any means, way, way more than that. Praise God. And when you walk with the Lord, there are times when you literally hear God speak to you just as real as if a person had just spoke, had just spoken because after all, he is a person and he does have a mouth. He does have a voice. So I would say that we need to, first of all, believe that God still speaks to people today through his voice. Praise the Lord. We are dealing with, with a one-on-one -on -one God. He likes to work one-on-one. -on -one. Praise the Lord. Now remember, with Saul, everybody saw the light, but he was the only one that heard the voice. And he wasn't the only one there who's an unbeliever. None of them knew Jesus, Yeshua, as Lord and Savior. But he's the only one who heard. Oh, praise God. We must tune our ears to the Lord and be open to hearing the voice of the Lord because God still speaks today. Now, let me say this. Uh, Jesus gave us some great insight. This, by the way, is in the gospel of Matthew. Let's turn over there. This is Matthew chapter six. Let's go down to verse 16. Jesus gave us great insight to how we can be spiritually strong how we can be very balanced in our spiritual walk. And he mentions this in verse 16 by bringing up the subject of fasting. Jesus said, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, but you, when you fast, Anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You know, one of those open rewards, and it usually comes after the fast is completed. Not always. Sometimes God can speak in the middle or even up front. One time he spoke up front to me during a fast. And I still went ahead and completed the time that I had dedicated to fast. But one of the great rewards of fasting coupled with prayer is that God speaks to people. And so often that when I've come off a, a, a fast where 
I really had good prayer time and really had just wonderful times with the Lord. I can come off that fast and, you know, slowly begin to eat again. And it's just like the, the spirit realm is so sensitive and God is able to speak so clearly. He could just, he could just whisper and you can pick it up and catch it so clearly. Oh, glory to God. Now, let me share this as a testimony in my own personal life. If I fast and pray, there is a day, uh, give or take a day or two, but there is a day that I get to that the moment I get to that day, and sometimes it could be the day before, sometimes it may take a little bit longer. Maybe it's the day after, but the moment I get to that day, it's like suddenly, suddenly everything begins to open up in a newer dimension. Praise the Lord. And God wants us to walk in these levels of sensitivity where we can clearly hear from him. Woo. Praise God. And sometimes the hearing almost becomes like an osmosis type experience where you just know it's the, there's not even the speaking, the, the voice itself goes whoop, right into your mind, right into your mind. And you know, when I was in an evangelical denomination, when I, when I was much younger and growing up, I actually heard pastors make fun of this, uh, when they were referring to what they would call Pentecostals or spirit filled type Christians that they believed in, um, you know, this, uh, well, let me get, just give you an example. Um, I've had visions before where the Lord has come and he's talked to me. And in some of these visionary experiences, the Lord, you know, would stand in front of me and he would talk and move his mouth and I would respond and talk and, and move my mouth. And I've had other times where he would come and he'd stand there and start talking to me and his, his thoughts without his mouth moving, his thoughts are coming right into my mind. And I could answer back immediately without moving my mouth. I could answer back right into his mind. Woo! Now I could see why some pastors growing up now looking back on that would mock and make fun of having heard Pentecostal preachers say that they've had those experiences because you'd think now how in the world could that happen? That, 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 you know, that's not possible, but in the spirit realm, I assure you it is possible. Praise the Lord. So fasting with prayer makes you very sensitive to this realm of hearing the voice of the Lord. And for some of you, if your spiritual perception and sensitivity has gotten a little bit dull, perhaps it's time to push back the plate. That doesn't mean that God's calling you to a 40 day fast. You know, the first fast that I ever did was five days, but it was the first fast that I ever did. So for me, it was like life transforming. It was like coming into the glory realm. And in many ways it did open me up to that because after five days of fasting, it just so happened that when that fast ended, I went into a large stadium crusade meeting where a spirit filled minister was ministering. And when he would minister, I could see liquid waves of glory moving. I could see the anointing moving and I realized, Oh my goodness. So this is what it looks like in the spirit realm. 
And, you know, uh, you could just see the anointing move. It, it, was, it was amazing. Praise God. Woo! Praise the Lord. But my friends, we need, to, we need to be very sharp in this area of being able to hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. The voice of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Mm-mm. Fasting and prayer opens us up to it. Again, the reward can be the open reward of having God talk to you. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. I remember one prophet, God spoke to him. The voice of the Lord came to him when he was in a very discouraged place. And he said, um, he happened to, he just got discouraged and said, Lord, I'm not even going to try to be spiritual. I'm going to turn on the TV and watch football. <laughs> and he turned on the TV, started watching a football game. And the Lord came and began talking to him. And the voice of the Lord is talking to him. And it's consoling him and comforting him. And the Lord also is telling him, oh, the next play on the game is going to be this. And this is not a pre-recorded game. They didn't have that back then, but he's watching the game. But by the way, the Lord says the next score is going to be this, and this is going to happen. And the prophet said, I couldn't even join the game because the Lord kept telling me every single thing that was going to happen in the game. Now, of course, the carnal Christian would say, we need to get that prophet and we need to get him down to the casino. No, because uh, that does not glorify the Lord Jesus. Amen. The voice of the Lord will glorify the Lord and will expand the Lord's kingdom. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to the Lord. I think the church is moving out in some ways of what could have been a, like a, almost like a fasting fad that the church, the, that the American church had, you know, primarily like, uh, like around 10 years ago. Uh, it was like, it was almost like a fad and a lot of people were fasting and, uh, and, and things like that. But it was, but again, it was almost like an excitement type thing. And as soon as the fast was over, it's like, just gorge and eat, eat back as much as you can. And, uh, you got, you got it over with. You did it. Yeah, that was fun. I did it. And that's not, that's not the purpose. The purpose is for the Lord to change us. And as alignment with him, come into that straight alignment so we can hear from him, so that we can abandon anything that we're not supposed to be reaching or grabbing for. Oh, these things are so important. Praise God. You know, I, I, I was speaking with the minister some time back, and he said, um, he said, Pastor Stephen, the Lord's blessing your television ministry. I said, yes, by his grace, we are moving forward. And he said, you know, I'd, I'd like to get in the Christian television too. And, um, he said, you know, um, I, I just, I'm just thinking about doing it and, uh, you know, and so as I listened to him talk, I realized that he has a rom- romanticized mentality, a preconditioned way of thinking of TV. And so it was sounding like he wants to be on TV because it's cool. Everybody sees you and stuff like that. But he said, oh, it, you know, it costs a lot, Pastor Steve. And I said, well, yes, there are certain costs involved. No question about that. But I said, it's, it's not about the cost, and it's not about this or that. I said, it, it comes down to, has he called you to do this? 
I said, because he called me to do it. I can't act like I didn't hear him talk to me because I sat in prayer one day and I said, Lord, what will the name of the television program be? I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, um, I've got to get this right. Uh, this is kind of like my ministry name. It's not like I can change it over and over. <laughs> oh, so I said, I've got to get this right because I have to have it trademarked. And, you know, and, and then once you're out there, you can't like change the name. Then you lose all your followers. So I said, I've really got to get this right. And I had a couple names that I was thinking about what I liked, but you know, I just like, Lord, I really need to hear from you on this. And so I was praying one day and really got over deep in prayer. And the Lord came and spoke to me. I didn't see him, but he spoke to me and he said, take your Bible and turn to Exodus chapter 30, verse three, and I will show you the name of your television program. Now I'm turning to Exodus 30 and it's taken me a minute, to, not a minute, but a few seconds to turn there. As I'm turning, I'm thinking in my mind, now, if I'm correct, that's the chapter concerning one of the chapters concerning the tabernacle of Moses and various pieces of furniture. And so I turn to Exodus 30 and I, I can, I, you know, I, I'm correct. That's dealing with tabernacle of Moses stuff. But I go to look at verse three. And when I went to look at verse three, it talks about the golden altar of incense. And it says it will be overlaid with pure gold. And when I read the words, pure gold, the whole scripture and those two words were lifted up in a supernatural hologram. It came up off my Bible. The words, pure gold were heightened. They were like, they were like uh, crystallized or something like gold sparkling. Woo. And the Lord said, the name of your TV show will be pure gold. I heard that. So I can't act like, well, God didn't call me. I'm just doing this because this is a good thing to do. I don't do anything if God doesn't call me to do it because, because we have to hear what he wants us to do. So I was talking with this minister. I said, look, television, Christian television, th there's a million different things you can do in ministry. You can go this direction, that direction. There's needs all over the place. There's ways to reach out through all different formats. I said, you have to hear from God where he speaks to you. If that's what he wants you to do. Wow. Mm -mm. And I, I told him it's not about the money because what if you do have the money, are you going to do something just because you have the money? Because if you spend that money and God didn't tell you to spend it on that project, trust me when the true project comes up, now you're going to be short. Now you have a deficit because the money that should have been applied to the God project is over here on a self-interest project. And now you have a problem. Mm -mm. So you, it's not a money issue. You don't do it because you have the money and you don't not do it because you don't have enough money. You simply do what the Lord says. Now, when he speaks though, you go forward. And of course that day when God spoke to me, what did I do? I got, I got busy with that. I got, I got online with the uh, U S patent trademark office and began to get all of that filed. And I got the, uh, the trademark attorney got all of that taken care of and filed that under the proper codes and so forth. And uh, then began to move forward and do these other various things. And now on a weekly basis, we are reaching 
a potential viewing audience of over 1 billion people. Now, is everybody watching the TV at the same time that it happened to be on on these different channels and networks? No, but it's still a big group of people that are watching out of a billion because a lot of people still watch television, especially the older people. Wow. They don't, uh, I, I like, you know, my iPad and my, my, my uh, telephone and so forth and all of that, but they, you still have, you have billions that still like their televisions, praise God. And the truth is there are still over 5 billion TVs in the world right now. 5 billion TVs. I know it's a crazy statistic, isn't it? Praise God. So my friends, we must hear from the Lord and fasting and prayer really does help filter out the other distractions so you can hear the Lord. You know, the Lord wants to talk, but I think in many ways that if you were endeavoring to say something, a lot of people, they just could not, they could not pick it up. They're, they could not pick it up. They're not in a right spiritual condition where God could talk to them and they could take it to heart and receive that golden word. But I believe you will be positioned. So talk with the Holy Spirit about that. If, if it would be a season for you to do a little fasting, fast for, you know, one or three days or something like that with the intention of hearing the Lord speak. Praise God. Now, in some areas where maybe the waters are muddied up a little bit more, you might have to go a little bit farther uh, in your time of consecration. Just talk to the Lord about that. It really does get one in tune to hear uh, the voice of the Lord. I was just talking with a, a minister last night. He has a church, 9,000 members, and he told me that God spoke to him one word and this one thing that God spoke to him released and empowered him. It blew down all the obstacles to be able to buy a television station that nobody thought could ever be purchased by a Christian. And he bought it and people were shocked, but it was because God spoke to him. Oh, my friends. Oh, hallelujah. And by the way, he said the Lord spoke that to him after he completed a successful fast of time of seeking God. Now, number two, number two is that we must be humble. Wow. This is really big in the eyes of the Lord. These are, these are spiritual things. Sure. They can, they can, they can pop up in the sense where they can, you know, pride and arrogance can be recognized. Sometimes it can be hidden where it's really on the inside. But the truth is, is that in our hearts, Sure, it'll come out in our actions, but in our hearts, there does need to be humility. We need to be humble before the Lord so that we can hear him talk to us. One of the great verses in the Bible is Psalm 25. Let's take a look at that before we get ready to close today. Psalm 25, verse 9, the humble he guides. I'm telling you, God cannot guide a proud Christian, a very arrogant Christian who does not even think he needs God's advice or help or counsel. The humble he guides in justice and the humble he teaches his way. Often the teaching is done orally. Often God speaks some of the key pillars of this ministry that are now up and functioning 
And some have been up for, de uh, you know, uh, several decades now, over 20 years, have come because I heard what the Lord told me to do. And I established that, and it is still bearing fruit today. So, my friends, we must be humble. The humble, he teaches his way. So often teaching is done through talking. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. And, of course, we have the classic text of Isaiah 48, 17. We need to be humble. Isaiah 48, 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. So, although God wants us to profit, and although God wants us to see us reach the finish line of our prophetic fulfillment, he cannot forcibly release revelation and truth to us that we're not willing to humble ourselves to receive. I like going to Bethlehem, to the birthplace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that in order to get into the, the sanctuary and into the place of worship and to go over to the little site where he was buried, you have to go through the low door. And even if you're short, you still have to kneel down uh, and you have to bow in a sense in order to go in. So it denotes humility. There's something very, very beautiful in the eyes of the Lord about humility. When you look at the ingredients of the, the incense that would rise up, that would be burned and going up as a holy incense before the Lord, you see that out of the 11 ingredients that the rabbis say were comprised, the Bible mentions five, but one of them also mentions these herb spices. So total there were 11, but we see that stacked is mentioned. And a lot of times people think stacked, that's just another, another word for myrrh, but it's not. Uh, stacked is very similar to myrrh, but it's not just the resinous dripping that comes out of the tree. It's the clear, uh, it's the white part, excuse me. It's the, it's the milky white part. That's the best part. That's what the stacked is. And the rabbis have always looked at that as representing humility, being humble. And then later also you see in the ingredients is myrrh. And so myrrh throughout the Old Testament has always been a representation of cleansing from pride, which denotes humility. So you see in the holy incense, there is a double measure of humility in order to have your prayers accepted, in order to have your prayers come up right before God, and in order for your life to be pleasing in the sight of of the Lord. So in order to be teachable and to hear the word, to hear the voice of the Lord, we must be people of humility. Praise God. Praise God. Glory, glory, glory. There are some that would think uh, there's nothing new that anybody could teach me, but there are new things, new experiences that we can learn all the time. I've been around some ministers, because those are my uh, colleagues in the work of the Lord. I've been around some ministers that are totally content with the truth 
that they have. They don't want any further revelation on any other uh, revelations of the God's glory or beauty. They are camped completely with the truths they have. Now, while those truths are beautiful, and usually those truths, when camped on, turn eventually into a denomination or a past move of the Spirit, the danger with that is that you can become an old wineskin. And the Lord wants us to have the fresh wine, the new wine of the Holy Spirit. And there's some new things. Listen to me. There's some new things that are truthful, that are biblical, that are beautiful, that God wants you to come into. He wants to talk to you about them. He wants to speak them to you, but you're going to have to humble yourself in order to receive. Mm-mm. Sometimes I've, I've heard young Christians make certain statements with great expectancy that God will do this for them. And I know it's not going to happen. Why? It's not because God can't do miracles. It's not because God doesn't answer prayers, but because they're wanting God to do something and they don't know how it works. They don't know the principles or the rules of how to work this. So they want God to do it, but they don't know how they don't know how to get it to happen. They just think he'll do it. It's like, it's like trying to play the game of basketball with a hockey stick. This doesn't make any sense. The game is not governed like this. Or trying to play American football, you know, with a water polo ball or something like that. You know, throw the ball through the field goal. And it doesn't work like that. So you have to, you have to understand that there are requirements in these areas. We want to meet them. So oftentimes the Lord will teach you. He'll talk to you about it. Sometimes all you need is a one-liner from God. A one-liner from God, one word, one statement from God, and it can dramatically alter many, many things in your life for good. Please lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching today. Your people are hungry to hear from you. And Lord, you have blessed me to have encounters with you through your word, not only here in America, but in other countries. You would speak to me in very unusual ways. You've spoken to me, O oh God, in, in uh, Singapore and in Germany. You've spoken to me in India. You've, you've spoken to me in multiple places around the world where I've had dramatic encounters and I've heard your word come to me. Now, Father, I thank you that your word is going to come to your people. There are those that are watching in other nations. God will speak to you right where you're at. Praise the Lord. Lift, keep your hands up. Father, we just thank you that your word is going to come. It's going to break. It's going to break the barriers. It's going to break the obstacles. Thank you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, this is what the Lord was showing me. And this is a prophecy for those that this is connecting with your heart. Some of you have loved ones, perhaps that once knew the Lord and have turned away from God, or they are loved ones that never gave their heart to Christ and you're concerned about their spiritual condition. Well, I'm here to say as God's servant that God is going to speak to them. God knows how to deal with these very stubborn cedar trees. God knows how to deal with those that have pride in their hearts because he can come and speak to them and melt all of that stubbornness out of them 
with one divine encounter. And there are many that are appointed for these moments with the voice of the Lord, just like Saul himself was. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we know the good that came out of that. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you for those that have loved ones. We, I just come into agreement with those watching that your word is going to go out to the loved ones of your precious people. Father God, your word is going to go out and you're going to meet them. You're going to meet them regardless of where they're at. And there might even be a few that are in prison. God will speak to them there. So Father, we thank you. And there's others. God's going to speak to them so that they won't go there. Praise God for them. There's still time for a diversion. Hallelujah. So Father, we just thank you. We celebrate your word. We renounce the words of the enemy. And Father, we celebrate and embrace your word, your voice. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now say, God's word is coming to me. Say, God is going to talk to me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, of course, we never tried to force that. We allow God to speak on his own terms and his own conditions. But trust me, when he's ready to talk, he will be there. Praise God. Now, if you're watching today's message and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and perhaps you're even thinking, I'd like to hear God talk. Well, it all begins with knowing Christ personally. Praise God. So today, get your life right with God. Pray right now this prayer after me, and Jesus will come into your heart, and he will give you his new life. And you'll begin to pick up on the things of God and walk in the things of God immediately. Pray this prayer right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I turn from the devil and sin, and I give my life to you now. Lord Jesus, wash me with your blood. Write my name in your book of life. Step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to the family of God. Those of you that have just prayed that prayer, the salvation prayer for the first time, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. Praise God. Now for everybody who's watching and you love Jesus, let's take Holy Communion together. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Woo! Praise the Lord. These things can be learning experiences. You think about the young prophet Samuel being raised there around the tabernacle tent-like structure there at Shiloh and so forth, and the voice of the Lord calling him. And he doesn't recognize it's the Lord. This happened three times, and the, the priest, Eli, has to explain to him, oh, that's God calling you. Next time he calls, answer. <laughs> Praise God. I'm telling you, the voice is a person. This is not some kind of, you know, ooh, no, this is God talking to you. Mm, I, I know this is new for some people. I, I was in a, a meeting one time in Israel at the Sea of Galilee, and there was a precious Catholic lady there in the meeting. We were sitting in the hotel lobby, 
And as we all sat together, I was about to do a little teaching. As we all sat there, the presence of the Lord came into that meeting. The Lord walked into that little meeting and it was suddenly electrified. And so I was aware of the Lord's presence. So I just go on and teach and say, so, you know, the Lord's here. Praise God. Amen. And we had a, we had a wonderful time. And after the, the tour in Israel was over, that lady uh, contacted me, a precious friend and said, pastor Stephen, I have never ever had an encounter with the Lord before until there at the sea of Galilee, when Jesus walked into that meeting, I said, yeah, he came right into the meeting. Didn't he? She said, yes. She said, I didn't even, uh, she said, I, I've never had that in my life before. She said, I thought it was possible, but I, I didn't, I didn't know if like stuff like this, you know, like even happens today. It does. It does. And I'm telling you that not only can he come with his presence, he can come with his voice and he can talk and he still does. This is not, again, this is not some ultra rare thing. Now, yes, I do dismiss all the prophetic, uh, infancy that can be out there of those that say every day, Oh, I just, God's told me a new thing today. And it's just like that every hour, every day, every hour. No, that's, um, that needs development. Praise God. In other words, that's coming out of the soulish realm. That's coming out so often of their own soulish mind and their want to hear the authentic, but not willing to in so many ways walk in ways that honor and please the Lord so that they can have the authentic experience. Because once you have the real, you're like all oh, this, this fake stuff. No, 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 no. Praise God. Amen. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spoken word. Oh, God, it's alive and living. This is not a history book. This is your word. And we thank you, Father, that the winning formula is catching the anointed word that you're speaking to us. Oh, God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, Lord, we give you praise. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus. And I'm just praying, Father, if there are any that are watching right now who feel really dry and dead when they look at their Bibles and nothing is speaking, I pray that they would draw near and that they would push in and be determined to not give up until they have a fresh encounter with your word. So, Father, we thank you for the Lord's body. His flesh in Jesus name. We celebrate the fact that you still speak today in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Woo. See, for me, when God speaks, it settles it. In other words, there's no longer any uh, gray areas. There's no longer any hesitancy. There's no longer any not knowing what to do. When God speaks, it's settled. 
you now know exactly what to do. Father, we thank you that you talk, you speak through your word, your eternal word. We thank you, Father God, that you have fresh manna for us today, a word for us today. Father, things that we need to know, you are going to reveal to us. And so often you do it through your voice and what you say. So, Father, as we receive the blood of Jesus, we thank you for cleansing from any defilement that would uh, cause our spiritual ears to have dirt in them. We thank you, Father God, for cleansing and the opening of our spiritual ears to hear your voice. We thank you, Father. We give you praise as we receive the Lord's precious blood now in his name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Praise God. Lift your hands. The Lord is opening your ears right now. Receive. Receive the anointing to hear. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we give you praise. We thank you. At the right time, you're going to speak. We celebrate your voice. Bless your people. I thank you, Father, for hearing ears. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. My friends, thank you for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Bye-bye.